Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Jeremy Autry. And I'm Chuck Mead. We are excited to jump in today. Um, Me and Jeremy are much more alert. Four cups of coffee each so far this morning. It's actually not super early this morning. We've been talking through the episode for like two hours. So It's kind of weird, two hours of talking for a 35-minute Today, Jeremy told me that he order, he has to order pizza for how many children? Uh, 75. What school? Mm, today, we're at Midway Elementary. Midway Elementary. Yeah, very excited. Good news clubs. And uh, Little Caesars isn't our sponsor, but they probably should be. <laughs> Little um, Caesars <laughs> should sponsor every children and student ministry. They really should. Really. We could have a partnership. I'm going to talk to the owner, see about what we can do. They gave us a free pizza party one time. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That was great. So, but maybe we should work on... Listen to that, Domino's. You could be our sponsor Mm, if you gave us a Actually, I'm not going to lie. Domino's, I've been finding some online coupon codes that has made their pizza cheaper than Little Caesars. For 70 kids? Uh, You can look into. Just get like... (laughs) Honey or Capital One Shopping, and it'll just, like, put all those coupon codes in. And I feel like you're dropping a lot of names. You sure we don't have a sponsor yet? No, we don't. We don't. I'm so sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll jump in. So last week we talked about who you are as a parent and how you as a parent are defined by the gospel. And this week we're going to kind of transition into how our parenting, how we raise our families, lead our kids, is defined by the gospel. Remember... The gospel is not just the diving board, it's the pool we swim in. The gospel is not just the front porch of the house, the gospel is the house that we live in. So the gospel is not just our ticket to uh, eternity. It's not just a doorway we walk through to give us eternal life and salvation, and that's it. It's not uh, just one thing we did and then never look back to. The gospel is our whole entire life. So all of our decisions, our lifestyle, how we work, how we act, how we talk, what we watch, listen to, think, all of that is to be done through the lens of who we now are in Christ. So with that, the next logical thing to think through, the next logical concept would be um, if the gospel impacts all of my life, it impacts, we already said, who we are as a person. Now, what does the gospel teach us how do we parent influenced by the gospel with the gospel in mind, with the gospel really at the center of our parenting. If our number one goal for our kids is to see them um, become a child of God and then live a life that glorifies him where they get to enjoy him forever. If that's our number one goal, the gospel is the only path um, to that. So uh, as we're considering that, obviously the Bible has a lot to say about that. Uh, Chuck, um, today we'll consider Ephesians chapter 4, and it says this, uh, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Mm, That's good. So when you think about, (laughs) it is good, we think about nurturing and admonishing our children. So nurturing in the biblical sense is basically just teaching them how to live out the gospel. So just think about that. Uh, how to live out the gospel towards themselves, that we are made perfect in our weakness through Jesus, and how they act toward others. And so that has so many far-reaching implications. 
But then admonishing them is the other side of that. It's warning them of dangers, uh, the danger of not living with a gospel perspective. And so that's really our parenting. It is, um, it is that balance of nurturing and admonishing. So what are some ways then, Jeremy, where can we start of parenting through the lens of the gospel? Where can we begin? Okay, so the first thing we have to consider is our strategy in parenting. Uh, it's important to to consider whether or not we are actually seeking to change the way our kids think and feel. Paul David Tripp calls this heart change, mm-hmm. to actually change the inner man. We want to teach our kids this is what the gospel says, this is what the Bible says, this is what God says about how we're supposed to live our lives. So we have to consider this heart change, which is our biblical goal in parenting, versus this behavioral modification, this change on the outside that we would like to see accomplished in our kids. Uh, the more natural the, uh, as, a, as a sinful person and the more convenient goal is this behavioral modification. I just want to change the way my kid acts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was a book called Have a New Kid by Friday, yeah. which really freaked me out that that was a title. I like the kids I have. I don't want to trade them in for some new kid by Friday. But um, And I never read the book, and it may be a great book, but it just seemed like it was like, oh, you can learn how to change the way your kid acts mm-hmm. in a week. We're not completely consumed with changing the behavior of our kids. We should be much more concerned with changing who they are um, how they think and feel on the inside, not yeah. who they are. God gave them a personality. It's, a, it's important who they are is mm-hmm. a good thing. We don't want to change who they are, but we do want them to line up the way they think and feel with how Christ thinks and feels. We yeah. do want to see them, um, once they become a child of God, become sanctified and become more and more like Christ. And just changing the outside mm-hmm. isn't accomplishing that. Yeah, uh, I was in, it might be a little early in the podcast to talk about this, I was in an institution for 23 days. And while I was there, they woke us up every morning. This I, was a long time ago. Yeah, I was 14. And I was a horrible kid. And uh, my parents needed help. I needed some real behavioral modification. Mm. So I was in for 23 days. They woke us up every day at 530 in the morning. And we had to make our bed first thing. I got out, and my behavior was modified. Yeah. So for every day, I'm 15 years old, mm-hmm. 14 years old. I'm waking up every day at 530 and making my bed. After you got home? Yeah, yeah. And my mom thought, oh, this is great. They fixed my kid. Yeah. I got a new kid after 23 days. He's mm-hmm. making his bed now. He never. I didn't even know how to make a bed before. Yeah. Uh, and that lasted a month. Mm-hmm. And now I do not wake up at 530 in the morning. <laughs> And I never make my bed, and my wife is probably very frustrated by that. <laughs> but it was just a temporary behavioral modification. Yeah. I was not a different person. My thinking about waking up early did not change. Mm-hmm. There was no desire in my heart for a neat and tidy bed after that. Yeah. It only changed Jeremy on the outside, not the inside. That's not gospel-centered biblical parenting. Yeah, and we've got to see, too, like our heart. And we've got to remember, society uses that term heart, and they 
uh, use that as, you know, you hear the term follow your heart or listen to your heart. And, you know, they just think that is just like the core of your emotions. Is that what society would consider your heart? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so, but really when we're talking about heart change, we are talking about something that really we cannot do. <laughs> and that's frustrating, but we can't change the hearts of our children. Only God can. And through the work of his Holy Spirit, through the work of the gospel, only he can change their heart. So yes, it comes down to, uh, will they allow the Holy Spirit to do the changing work in their hearts. There has to be an allowance. Yes, they do have a free will. We're not going to go down that rabbit trail too long. But um, there is a free will that they have, but it's ultimately God's work doing that in them. So we can't, we can't force that heart change. It's all a matter of their response to the work of the gospel. So we can't force the heart change. Yep. God's going to change their heart working uh, his sovereignty and their free will, working mm-hmm. at the same time together mm. to see their heart change. But we have a role to play in that. Um, God put them in our house, not just for us to sit back and watch him work on yeah. on the, their inner man, but we have a role to play in yeah. that. Uh, so the first concept in that role would be it's our job, ultimately, before the church, before the, the children's pastor, before the Sunday school teacher, it's our job as parents to teach them biblical precepts and yes. concepts. It's our job to teach them that. Then it's also our job to model those mm. concepts yeah. and precepts for our kids. So as we're teaching them not to lie, we're also modeling for them that we don't lie. Mm-hmm. As we're teaching them to be kind, we're also modeling for them to be kind. As mm. we're teaching them to respect other people, we are respecting them yeah. and modeling respect for them. Um, and as we teach them to, when they mess up, to own it and apologize and make it right, mm-hmm. we're modeling for them owning it and apologizing and making it right. So we're teaching and modeling. Mm. That's the role we play in seeing a heart change happen in our kids. Yeah. And so it starts with, so we're parenting for heart change, not behavioral modification. Then, and we're going to unpack this at the end, see how this practically looks like. But then that flows into gospel, how the gospel affects our parenting is that means we're parenting for eternity, not what is temporary. So when we, uh, when we have that at our core, then we're following 2 Corinthians 4.18, that we are not focused ultimately on just this world. Yes, we live in this world, but our focus, our purpose, what we are, our goal, what we're looking towards is eternity. Yes. Yeah, so the things we see are temporary. The things we don't see are eternal. Mm-hmm. It's our, our desire to, for our kids to become more like Christ on the inside. Mm-hmm. So just changing their behavior might be this temporary change, but we're looking for an eternal change. My kid's becoming more like Christ Uh, I'm becoming more like Christ, Mm -hmm. and that's an eternal difference in us. It's much more important, much more on our radar that we see our kids understanding Scripture and changing the way they think about themselves and the world and their behavior than it is for them to just fall in line and do things the way we want to see them done. Yes, yes. And so this is going to be, I mean, this is a regular self-examination of us. Like, where is our focus in our parenting? Are we... 
Uh, Not that we're never going to put any attention on the things of this world. Yes, eating lunch is a temporary thing. But that is still an important thing. You need to feed your kids. You Chuck know, needs to feed me. That's yes, I do. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. But you got to think. Like, yes, we got to. That's not like sinful to address things that are temporary. But what ultimately is our focus? What is our priority? What captivates more of our attention? Our conversations with our kids. Our discipline. Everything. Is it focused on the temporary? or the eternal. And then that flows into how the gospel affects our parenting. We parent, or we should parent with grace, not with the law. Yeah, so as you're considering, hey, I want to change the way my kid thinks and feels. I want to help them line up with the truth of Scripture on how they see things. And I want to have an eternal focus on my parenting. Then grace becomes a much better tool to see that accomplished in our kids than the law. The law is great for forcing them to behave a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but grace demands way more than that. Yeah. So, um, but if I'm going to change, if I'm going to be part of God changing the way they think and feel, me loving them unconditionally uh, is a much better tool because I'm presenting then for them a better model for how the gospel plays out and how it's changed my life and my behavior mm-hmm. and giving them an example of how this this whole gospel thing actually works and plays out. Yes. So we're, what we're going to do just for the rest of the episode is then begin to think, okay, if we're really going to parent by the gospel, if we're going to parent, if what that means, and as we break it down into these categories, we're parenting for heart change, not just behavioral behavioral modification. We're parenting for eternity, not the temporary. We're parenting with grace, not the law. Then what does this look like? So Jeremy, like starting off with, with thinking about that, that first category. So behavioral modification, why do we tend to parent towards that? Um, so first of all, let me say, uh, we, these things aren't completely binary, because we are, as parents, going to demand some behavioral modification mm-hmm. that is temporary. And we're going to have to use law. We're going to have to say, if you do this, then here are the consequences. Yep. So it's not completely binary. But what we're discussing today is a difference in focus, a difference in practice, yeah. a difference in priority. Yes. So we're definitely prioritizing this heart change over this behavioral modification. So as we consider parenting and, and rules that we might have in place and things that we want to teach our kids, we don't let our kids eat a bowl of cereal in their bedroom. Maybe you do. And yeah, if you do, uh, that's okay. Not, well, we tell them not to. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we tell them not to eat uh, food in my bedroom also. But uh, one of my kids, uh, who shall go unnamed, was in my bedroom watching TV with a bowl of spaghetti <laughs> on my white comforter and laying down in my bed eating and spilled a bowl of spaghetti on my bed, on my white comforter. <laughs> so obviously we don't want them eating in bedrooms because we don't want food spilled in bedrooms and because all trees are natural food spillers and we want to Not change. Cheryl. Not no, Cheryl. not Cheryl. She's yeah. all true by marriage, so yes. it's different. Yep. Um, but we want to change that behavior. Hey, stop doing that. If you do that, here's this consequence. Yeah. yeah. But then when they say, 
what's the biblical principle that you're teaching me? There's probably some stuff I could dig out. Mm -hmm. And the go-to is you live under my authority. The Bible teaches you to obey authority. I'm your father. The Bible teaches you to honor and respect your father. That's the go-to. Yeah. The danger is using that for every single thing that we tell them to do. Hey, you don't... Uh, we speak kindly around this house because that's the house rule, and I'm the father, mm-hmm. and you obey me. Yeah. Hey, we don't steal because I'm the father, and you have to obey yeah. me. Hey, we don't cuss because I'm the father, and you have to obey me. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes this lazy, um, because I said so, parenting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm speaking from experience because I've used those words way more times than I should. But that lazy parenting, all we're doing when we say, because I said so, is reinforcing, you have to do things my way while you're under my authority, mm-hmm. but I haven't taught you any understanding of why the Bible says, or that the Bible says, not to behave that way. Yeah. So we can't be afraid of, if our kids are asking us, well, why is this rule in place? And yes, I get that this, maybe we are not always able to explain the detailed background of this is why this rule is in place for all of our kids at any age that changes as they get older, but we've got to be able to break it down and say, okay, this is, no, you're not going to find don't eat spaghetti in your room, like in scripture. But this is just a rule we have in place. We've got to be able to explain to them when there is a true biblical uh, command, something that really God makes explicitly clear in his word. This is why uh, we have this guideline in place that we can point them to that not to ourselves, but point them to something deeper. And that instills in them, okay, this isn't just mom and dad's preference. This is something God has given to his children in his word to follow. And we've got to be able to explain to our kids when there's a difference between our rules that aren't bad or sinful between what God has made clear. Yeah. So uh, do we care if our kids change the way they think about eating in their bedroom? No, as long as they don't do it in my house, mm-hmm. I really don't care. Well, if, you might want your kid not to have a live in a pigsty one day, yeah, but I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. But hey, they might live in uh, some small apartment in New York City, that's and their bedroom point. is their dining room. That's a and very good point. Who cares? Yeah. that's not that's not a priority in my parenting. Mm-hmm. But I do care if my kids grow up to be kind people. Right. I do care if my kids grow up to be honest people. So I don't want, I'm okay with don't eat cereal in your room. That's a behavioral modification yeah. thing. I'm okay with wake up at this time. That's a, that's a behavioral modification thing. But these concepts that God teaches us in his word, I'm not okay with that. I'm not going to be unkind as long as I live in your house. Yeah. I don't want that to be behavioral modification. I want to see that be an actual heart change. Yeah. So... That means I've got this constant biblical, um, religious, Christian, godly conversation going on with my kids nonstop about, hey, this is what God says. This is how he teaches us Mm -hmm. to live. I'm constantly having that conversation when they're doing things right, when we're watching movies, when we're um, working through a discipline issue and they have behaved in a Mm -hmm. way that's contrary to what the Bible teaches, we've got this conversation going on all the time. And so then my discipline is just a natural flow 
out of that. And it's a lot more work. Yes. And it is. And even this can be conversations that start even before they fully comprehend. And I remember some people telling us this even before Katie and I were thinking of having kids of just, hey, this is the way explaining things, explaining the gospel to your kids and why. But that is so much more work. And it's so much easier to be like, don't do that. And that, and leave it at that. Like (laughs) this past Sunday, um, Katie and I are having uh, lunch with some friends from church and we have like, there's a brand new couple at our church and we've got wide at the table. There's some other kids and be, like wonderful cooked meal at their house. And Wyatt just picks up a roll and throws it across. <laughs> Let's the, the go, room. Ryan. <laughs> he just picks it. And I'm like, what? First of all, that kid, he like never does this. And so I'm like, immediately I'm like, okay, no, no, we're not doing this. I pull him and I'm like, try to get him one-on-one. He's just like looking around. I mean, he's very like unaware of even what he's doing. But in that moment, it's so much easier for me to just say, no, we don't do that. And I know he has a, a different level of understanding at his age and everything. But there's more to those disciplinary moments of saying, hey, do not do that. Yes, we don't want to be like, oh, hey, you know, it's no big deal that you did that. Let me talk to you about Jesus. No, we want to say, no, don't do this, but here's why. Here's why this is rude or inappropriate. And here, this is why it's not a a good reflection of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. And you may be like, that sounds like you're over-spiritualizing everything. But we've got to get, I think we that can become really, that feels uncomfortable, but we've got to be more comfortable having those conversations. And I want to be more comfortable having those conversations. Well, either the gospel impacts every area of your life or it doesn't. Yeah. You know, so if it if it impacts every area of your life, then it impacts every yes. area of your life. That's so good. So um, it's appropriate for our kids to see and engage with these biblical truths in every area of their yeah. life. So, so it's appropriate, but it can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Parenting is a grind. Parenting is work. Um, parenting can't just be biblical parenting. Christian parenting, gospel-centered parenting can't yep. just be you do this, behave this way because I said so. Yeah. Um, because what we'll achieve is temporary, law-driven um, behavior modification. Right. And and part of you said this already, like we tend to go that way, that direction, Jeremy, of out of laziness, and it's also embarrassment. Like in that moment when Wyatt threw that role. In that moment, I was more so embarrassed than caring about his the direction of his heart. And so it's easy in those moments to be like, oh my goodness, what are people thinking of me and everything? Oh, yeah. And really, and that causes us to discipline and react a certain way. And sometimes if we're honest, all we like, we would just want, hey, I want my kids to behave. So other people think, hey, like they, you raised their kids right. And that's where our, what we tend to want more is just people to think we're good parents. And we can have the most well-behaved children in the world who never throw dinner rolls across somebody else's dining room, but then their heart be far from God and have no desire for him and their hearts not changed by the gospel. And then we see that years after they're out of our roof and on their own and making their own decisions away from our leadership, really. So that just, 
we've got to have the desire of, okay, looking towards eternity, what ultimately should be the goal of my parenting? Yeah. So we cannot pull out for everything. This is the rule because I said so, and you're going to follow that rule. Mm -hmm. We can't do that. We have to know. We have to know for ourselves what the Bible teaches about how to live. And then we have to be willing to discuss that with our kids. We have to be willing to show grace is the key tenet of the gospel. We have to be willing to show grace when they mess up, um, use that as a tool to see heart change Mm. achieved in their lives. We also have to be willing to present a good example. I tell my kids not Mm. to eat cereal in their room. Confession time. I love a bowl of cereal late at night. What kind? Um, My favorite. My favorite right now is Walmart has a knockoff Captain Crunch that has crunch berries and marshmallows. Ooh. Um, Yeah. And so I eat like a giant. Way to go, great value. Jethro Bodine-sized. Do you know who Jethro Bodine? I have no idea who you're talking about. Google it later. Okay. A giant Jethro Bodine-sized bowl of knockoff Captain Crunch with crunch berries and marshmallows in my bedroom, Mm. which is one thing because, again, don't eat in your bedroom behavior modification. Mm -hmm. As they get more ninja-like with their snacks, they'll never spill them like I never spill mine, and it won't be a problem. But there's other things that are a bigger issue. If I'm trying to help my kid understand the Bible teaches us to be kind, but they see me being unkind, Mm -hmm. then I'm not parenting toward heart change and eternity and using grace. If they see me saying, um, be slow to anger, but when somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm blowing up at that guy. Yeah. I'm I'm failing at this. Mm. So the other lazy parenting statement, the first one was, because I said so. The second one is, you do what I say, not what I do. Mm. So what we're teaching them is, as long as you're under my authority, you do it my way. But when you're an adult, this is how this plays out. Yeah. This is what this looks like. And maybe you don't really have to follow this. And mm-hmm. the truth is... Most adults who um, walked away from the church as a young adult, the reason, the number one reason they cited for leaving the church was because they watched their parents not living out what the Bible taught about living life. Mm-hmm. They watched their parents not do the things that they were preaching to them. Mm-hmm. And so they said, hey, this Christianity must not work. We as a parent, as parents, have to put in front of our kids, hey, here's a working living example mm. of the gospel. Um, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Yeah. And that's the thing is moving into grace. Think about this. If we are parenting through grace, not the law, then that starts with us, first of all, admitting our kids need to hear from us when we've screwed up. They need to have us acknowledge that. And they need to, when we've blown up on them or when we have lost it or failed, they need to hear from us that we have failed and that we've confessed to God and asked for forgiveness. But when, so when we're understanding we are not perfect and we need the grace of God, we should show, we must show that grace to our kids as hard as it means. It doesn't mean avoiding discipline. It doesn't mean just using grace as an excuse to let our kids just run buck wild without anything, uh, without any guidance. But grace is when they do fall, when they do, that we acknowledge that God's grace is bigger than our failings. 
as we give them guidance, as we correct, as we discipline, we keep grace at the forefront. What does that look like? So grace looks like making sure my kid knows that I love you no matter how um, much you have messed up, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you have disappointed me, no matter how much we disagree, no matter how much um, whatever, you put whatever you want to in that blank There's nothing that's going to change the fact that I love you, and I'm going to show you that love even when you don't deserve it. Yeah. That's the gospel. That's grace. Uh, That's how God treats you. Mm. If you're a Christian adult listening to this podcast, that's how God treats you. You mess up just as much as your kids do. You fail your father just as much as they fail you, and he says, I love you. Even though you've done that, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. And not only am I feeling that, but I'm showing that, I'm expressing that. It's an action instead of just a feeling. Mm-hmm. Our kids need to see more than they need. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things, and we'll probably talk about this in other episodes. There's a lot of things about important. There's a lot of importance to consistent discipline. Hey, this mm-hmm. is the rule. If you break this rule, here's the consequences. Those things are important, but that's law. Yeah, They're nowhere near as important as this grace concept. Hey, you messed up. I love you exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, we disagree. I love you exactly the same. Yeah, um, And not just I feel this but I'm treating you with this, Mm. with this love. Um, The worst thing, not the worst thing, but I hate when my kids say, I did this and dad got mad. Mm -hmm. That should never be, (laughs) and it happens way more than it should. That should never be a concept. That should never be a feeling that my kids have. And um, they're not just saying that. They're seeing that. They're seeing the anger in my face. They're seeing the frustration. And that's me messing up as a parent. Mm. That's not saying I don't get to have emotions. Yeah. But the first thing I want my kids to walk away from an encounter with me feeling is my dad still loves me. Mm-hmm. And he still has um, grace for me even in this situation. Yep. Um, so that is a much more effective tool as we're trying to see a change in the inner man, this grace. Mm-hmm. That's how God changed me on the inside. Yeah. We can show grace to our kids and still show them consequences for their actions. And and this is a um, definitely so many layers to seeing how the gospel affects our parenting. Like this is going to be a, a truth that just is woven into all these episodes as we uh, talk about technology and discipline and um, talking to your kids about sexual temptations and, and everything. Thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Now remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all we need for this journey. Hey, thanks, guys. Let's go get something to eat.